Miller has been doing a wonderful job in this lesson, talking about conquering giants. And so today we are coming from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, uh, and uh, we're talking about conquering fear. You know, and this is one of those subjects and one of those areas in life that, you know, I think it, it's always going to be there with us. Because as children, we are taught certain things that we need to fear, you know, we need to respect, we need to do certain things. Most of us learn at an early age that snakes are bad for us, and so most of you, like me, you don't care for snakes, and so you kind of fear snakes when you see them and stuff. And so my thing is the only good snake is a dead one, so, so, so I try to take care of them real quick. Amen. So First Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, 2 Timothy, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 7. Brother Miller's got First Timothy. He's got, amen. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Notice Paul tell Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you have a spirit of fear, guess where it comes from? The enemy, right? Amen. Your enemy of your soul. That's just like today, as if you watch the news or you listen to the news, ISIS main thing is to inflict fear. This is why they cut people's heads off and let you see it. And so because of that, they are inflicting fear. And so people are running from them. And so, and this is what they want. It is, this one of the things kind of like psychological warfare, you know. Uh, you, you keep pounding and impounding to make people fear. A good example, you know, we're the most greatest superpower in the world. And when things are going on in the Middle East, if you notice what we do is we take about two or three aircraft carriers and pull up into the Persian Gulf or into the uh, strait over there and flex our muscles a little bit. We send a few jets off of it and let them soar up in the air and let the enemy see them and, and hope to inflict fear in their, their hearts and let them realize you don't want to mess with us, you know, and stuff. And so this is a, a way of using psychological warfare. And so the enemy tries to do this to us as well. He tries to inflict fear into your heart to stop you from serving God and cause you to try to come back and serve him. Amen. So in Brother Miller's notes here, he says, Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something dangerous likely to cause pain or a threat. According to an article posted on the www.psychologicaltoday.com, fear is a vital response to physical and emotional danger. But often we fear situations that are far from life or death and thus hang back for no good reason. Thermos, our bad experience, can trigger a fear response within us that is hard to quell, suppress, or subdue. If we were to combine both the definition and the article, we might conclude that fear is an unpleasant emotional response to what is perceived as dangerous and exhibited in our behavior. If this concept is accurate, then our fear response is driven by choice rather than force. Amen. So notice we're choosing the fear. Amen. 
They're choosing to fear. I'm not going to drive down there because that's where all the thugs live. Uh, that's where the bad guys live on that side of town. So I'm not going through there. You're choosing to, to go that route. Ultimately, a conqueror must be confident in order to overcome fear. Psychologists believe that some amount of fear is necessary for survival. Amen. Even Jesus told us, right? He says, don't fear him that can cast uh, the body and soul in, in uh, what is it? Oh, my. Huh? The, kill the body, yeah, but can't cast it in the, the spirit and the body in the hell, right? He says, fear him that can do that. So there is some need for a certain amount of fear that we need. We need to have that fear of reverence in God and trust in God and believing in God. Amen. So we do need some to survive. Amen. In my opinion, fear is more of a hindrance than a benefit. Fear is the underlying cause of anxiety, depression, and discouragement. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Amen. Notice that. Fear is the underlying cause of anxiety and depression and discouragement. Amen. So how do we overcome those things? How do we overcome those things? Amen. Huh? Changing our behaviors. Amen. Amen. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 to what? Trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not to our own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. As Brother Miller, a few weeks ago, he went around the church and he asked us to uh, quote scripture, uh, choose a scripture that dealt with fear. And, you know, and there's a lot of them in there that God tells us not to fear. You know, God wants us to, to stand and believe in him. You know, fear is just false evidence that appear in real. <laughs> I don't know. Some guy wrote that in a book. <laughs> Amen. It's false evidence that is appearing real. Amen. Isaiah 41. Let's look at Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10 through 13. One of my favorite passage. Amen. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Amen. Notice. Amen. Is Isaiah, Sister Miller, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. The Lord says, Fear thy not, for I am with thee. Be not dismay, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. So notice God says, fear not, you know, I am with you. See, he's going to be with you every step of the way. We know that God says, Emberlin, I won't leave you and I won't ever forsake you. He will be with you even unto the ends of the earth. Amen. You are his. He holds you in the palm of his hands. Amen. And so you don't have to fear what people do. Amen. God is with you. Amen. He's going to hold you. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. So God is with us every step of the way. I'm as close as the mention of his name. 
This is why Paul says in Romans 15, 4, that it's through patience and comfort of the Scriptures that we find hope. This is why when we read the Word of God, as James tells us, we have to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. See, we have to, if God says, I'm with you, you've got to believe that He is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. I didn't bring, as he told the children of Israel, I did not bring you out to leave you. I brought you out to carry you in. God brought you out of the world so he can carry you in to heaven. Amen. He's going to be with you. He's going to lead you. The children of Israel had constant signs from God. They had the cloud by day. They had the pillar of fire by night to let God, let them know that God was right there with them every step of the way. When they was hungry, amen, he gave them manna. When they wanted meat, he gave them quail. When they wanted water, he brought it out of the rock. Amen. He provides everything that we have need of. As the psalmist says in Psalm 68:19, that God daily loadeth us with benefits. Amen. So God is going to take care of us. He's with you. So he says, fret not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will help you. This is why when he says in Isaiah 43, amen, verse 1, he says, when you pass through the rivers... I'll be with you. When you're in the waters, I'll be with you. When you're in the fire trials, I'll be with you. And you see that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. When they was thrown into the fiery furnace, amen, God was right there with them. The Bible says their their clothes did not even smell like fire. Amen. Because God was with them. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Luke 12, 32. Luke 12, verse 32. Another one of my favorite passages. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Paul says in Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So God says, fear not, he says, little flock, amen, is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. God wants you to have the Holy Ghost. He wants you to have the things that he has planned for you. Amen. But if you fear, then you won't go after those things. Amen. You have to keep... Believe in God. You have to keep trusting Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. This is why the writer of Hebrews 6, 9 says, Amen, that, you know, I'm persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous. Forget your la- I meant works and labor of love, which you've shown to His name. See, there's things that came with your salvation, and there's things that didn't come with your salvation. And fear did not come with your salvation. Amen. So fret not, little flock. Amen. Don't be afraid. Amen. God's good pleasure is to give you the kingdom of God. Now, we saw in our overscripture that Paul, you know, when you begin to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, he began to encourage Timothy, telling Timothy that the faith that is in him did not start in him. It started in his grandmother and his mother, you know. And so he was persuaded that that same faith was in him. If you notice, your faith is what gets you through the fear. 
This is what Jesus told Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 31-32. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan have desired to have you that he might sift you like wheat. He says, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. See, we have to get to that point that we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We, we, we got to believe God's word. We've got to believe that every juncture, God is right there with us. Amen. He will uphold us with the power of his right hand of his righteousness. So let me share a few ways with you this morning how we can conquer fear. How we can conquer fear. Some ways I believe we can conquer fear. Amen. If we see things that, is, is in, that comes in our lives as being bigger than God, then we are never conquer fear if we see anything being bigger than god we'll never conquer it you know one of the ways you overcome fear is do the things you're afraid of <laughs> you know I, I you know i there's so many things that the army made us do that man when i first thought i said man ain't no way i'm out of here you know but after i did it then I enjoyed it because I conquered that fear. And one of those things was when I went to repel master school, one of the things we had to do was do what they call the Australian repel. You had to come off the wall and go head first. <laughs> Whereas all the other times you turn around and you just repel backwards. Well, now this is, we're going to change it. You're going down head first, running down the wall head first. Not this cat, <laughs> you know, it ain't happening, you know. And finally, you know, I was going to quit the school, and this captain came up to me, and he told me to unhook, and I unhooked, and he took me off to the side, and he, he started talking to me, and he says, Sergeant, he says, I want you to look at all those privates and all those specialists down there and stuff, and he says, and you're their leader. And he says, and so if you fear, then they're going to fear. He says, but if you do it, then they will do it. Oh, <laughs> so, all right, sir, you're going to talk me into it. And I did, you know, and as soon as I did the first one, you know, I realized, hey, this is okay. I'm, I'm good to go. And so he says, get back up here, hook up again. So he made me do it like five times to overcome fear, you know. And so that was, that was, that was pretty, pretty good, you know. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you hook up. Yeah, you come down, you're running down the wall, you're looking down towards the ground. Whereas all the other times you turn around like this and the ground is behind you. Yeah. Yeah, when you, when you come down, you come face first. And so if your guy does, if the rope breaks, you just threw. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you got your rope, you know, and you can stop it. You learn how to stop yourself at any any moment you want to, you know. So, but yeah, so you have to you have to be able to overcome those things in in life and jumping out of helicopters and all that stuff, you know, in into a net. The helicopter's like up over here, and there's a net down there. And now you got to jump out the helicopter in the net, and you know. So it's just, huh? 
<laughs> no, no parachute. <laughs> you just jump out the outside of the helicopter in the net, and then you repel down to the ground. So, so, but all that is to make you overcome fear. Think about guys and gals that jumps out of the airplane. Well, put together airplane, you know, night jumping out at night, you know, and stuff you can't see the ground and all that, so you don't know what is down there. So, but these are ways you can overcome is doing those things you. You 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 are afraid to do. Amen. Number one, Paul says, stand. Stand. Amen. Ephesians 6, verse 10. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand. And having done all you can do to stand, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplates of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto for all the saints. Amen. So we have to learn how to stand against the fear. Amen. Don't let fear back you into a corner. Put on the whole arm of God that you're able to stand against it. Amen. Don't be afraid. Number two, don't be afraid to speak to your fear. Amen. Look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. This is where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, amen, they spoke to their fear when the king says, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you did not bow to my image? You know, and they says, well, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God whom we will serve will deliver us and is not. We're still not going to bow to your image. Amen. So they was able to speak to that fear and stand upon that fear. Amen. Praise God. And Mark chapter 4, look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. Mark chapter 4. Verse 35 through 40. Jesus put his disciples in the boat. And he said unto them, when the even was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship and There was also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder parts of the ship, asleep on a pillar. And they awake him, and says to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Amen. So God says, Wait a minute. Why are you so fearful? Storms of life, if we're not careful, can cause us to fear. Because we start thinking that Jesus is not on the boat with us. But we got to exceed in promises, I'm not going to leave you. See, I'm going to be with you. He's on the ship with them. Amen. In the storm of life, he's still resting. He's just taking a nap. You know, 
what do you do in your fears? Do you take a nap? Or do you let them toss you back and forth? We should be able as children of God to take our fears and still rest. Why? Because the psalmist says he give his beloved sleep. We should be able to lay me down and I rest, David said. You remember what he said in Psalms 3? He says, Lord, how increase are they that trouble me? Many there be which rise up against me. Many there which be says of my soul, there is no help for me in God, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You are the glory and you are the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He heard me out of his holy hills. I lay me down and I slept. I wait because the Lord sustains me. See? So God is right there with you. He's going to give you rest. He's going he's to give you that serenity and calmness that you need in your life. So Jesus asked them, he says, why are you so fearful? Uh, where is your faith? See, because at this point, we should be building our faith. As we've been studying on Wednesday night, we've been moving to perfection. We've been moving to, uh, you know, maturity. So our faith should be growing so that when these things comes into our lives, amen, we should be able to still keep our calmness and peace. That's why Isaiah says in 26.3, he will keep you in what? Perfect peace, whose mind is stayed Upon him, Peter tells us to do what? Cast all our cares upon the Lord because he careth for us. So we have to get to that point to where we're trusting God. And this is the more you learn to trust God, you know, we don't know what the outcome will be. But as his child, it's going to work for my good. See? And so therefore, I have to get to that point to where I am challenging my fears and I'm speaking to my fears. To keep them from overtaking me. See, Jesus immediately stood up and what did he do? He rebuked the winds and the waves and says, peace be still. You need to just stand up and plead the blood of Jesus Christ and tell it to be still. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. We have to get to that point. Amen. That we're overcoming these things, the storms of life, the uncertainty, the upside downs of life. Amen. We've got to get in, get in control over these things. You know, this is like when Isaac and remember when Esau sold his birthright and Jacob got his birthright. You know, his, 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 his dad Isaac told him once he gets dominion over it, he can break the yoke off of him. So we have to get dominion over these things in our life. Amberlin, Amberlin, Amberlin. Thank you. <laughs> so we have to get dominion over fear. Don't let it control you. You control it. You know, what is God trying to show us when these fear things comes? You know, enter our life. What is he trying to reveal to us? Is he trying to show us that this is a way I want to help you increase your faith? See, this trial that I'm taking you through or this this storm of life that you are now facing. You know, is he trying to say, I want to show you through this that I will increase your faith to where the next time you'll be able to trust me even more? See, 
And that's the way we have to look at these things as a child of God and ask ourselves, amen, what is God trying to show us in all of it? And 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, notice what John says. He says, perfect love does what? It casts out fear. Say, perfect love. You know, that agape love casteth out fear. And God is love. So as our relationship is strengthened and strong with God, amen, we realize his presence, we realize his closeness, and as a result, we should be able to overcome the fear, amen, in our lives. Because we are building our lives upon that perfection of love in Jesus Christ. We're moving on to perfection. Amen. we got to get to that point to where we understand God's abilities and his power and his strength. Psalms 118, verse 5. Psalms 118, verse 5. The psalmster says, the Lord is on my side. Man, you can't lose. Psalms 118, verse 5. I think that's what it says, doesn't it? Or is that six? Okay. Now, what is verse seven? Six or seven? Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord's on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? <laughs> he, he, he can't kill me. God's on my side. <laughs> What a, what a calm assurance here. God is on my side. Amen. I can't lose. You and him are majority in any situation. Is there anything too hard for God? No. And so he's on our side. He takes my part, as the verse 5 says. He takes my part with them that help me. And therefore will I see my desire upon them that hate me. Verse 7, I think it is. You know? So you don't have to worry about people. Don't fear them. Take it to the Lord. God is with you. And you will see your desires upon them that hate you. Amen. You know, this is why the Bible says, If your enemy hungry, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. So do it. You keep coals of fire upon his head. And the Lord will reward you openly. Amen. He will reward you openly. So we can't allow fear to continue to control our lives. Amen. We have to continue, amen, to tackle this thing constantly on a day-to-day basis. Amen. Like I said on the onset, there are some fears that are good for you. And then there's others you need to get total dominion over. Amen. And one of those is people. Get dominion over, you know, man. Don't let them cause you to fear. You know? Isn't it amazing, you know, that some people, they grow up in certain environments and they're not afraid. And then other people go in that same environment and they're afraid. See? So we have to get control of it. Amen. Let's look at some examples of great leaders overtaken by fear. Amen. Number one is Aaron. Aaron. 
Moses' brother Aaron was chosen by God to assist Moses in liberating God's chosen people, the children of Israel. Fear caused Aaron's perspective to change from his mountaintop experience in witnessing God's miraculous wonders firsthand to advocating the worship of the image of a false god in the wilderness, his personal valley experience. Amen. Now notice here, we know Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments and while they was gone, the people, the Bible says, inflict fear in Aaron and he told them to take off all the earrings and all that stuff and you know, and he made this golden calf. And then he, when Moses come back, he says, oh, I just threw it in the fire and it just popped out. <laughs> like a pop tart, right? Just popped out, you know. He feared the people. He feared them. Amen. And, and as a result, it caused them to worship a false god. And so Moses, when he comes down, he asked them, what are you doing? You know. He should, the same as Moses, been able to have strong faith because he had seen the ten plagues with Moses that God did in the land of Egypt. We have seen the things that God has done in our lives. And so, therefore, we should not fear man. This is what the Bible says. God is on our side. We should not fear. What can man do unto us? Amen. So Aaron feared the people, and as a result, excuse me, he caused them to worship a false image, and God became angry. The second leader was King Saul. Amen. Saul was anointed as the first king of Israel. He was considered to be the right man for the job. According to his physiological, I can't even talk, composition, his physique, all that good stuff. However, fear caused his perspective to change while in the heat of battle, and he chose to disobey God's command. Now notice, the heat of battle. He saw his enemies coming. Amen. And he feared, and he took matters into his own hand. He started to sacrifice, amen, without waiting for Samuel to come. And when Samuel got there, he asked him, what are you doing? This is not your job. You know, you should have waited. Amen. See, sometimes... That our fears, if we're not careful in our situation, can make us take matters into our own hands. And we can mess it up. As I said earlier, what is God trying to teach us and what we're going through? Is he building our faith or are we trying to get out from under it quicker than what we should? See? So we have to learn, as the Bible says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Look at Joshua chapter 1. As soon as Joshua takes over as leadership from Moses, verse 1, I think it's verse 7, I think it is. Starting with verse 6. The Lord says to Joshua, he says, Be strong. And of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant command thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. 
that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and that then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. Amen. So notice God says, okay, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Amen. Physical courage, mental courage, and moral courage. Amen. You got to have all three as a child of God. Physical courage, having that stamina to go to distance. You know, mental courage, make right choices and right decisions. And spiritual courage, amen, to stand on the word of God. Amen. You've, you've got to you got to have that courage. God wants us to be strong. He wants us to be encouraged. He says, don't fear. Amen. Don't fear. You've got to continue to be strong in every area of your life. Amen. Cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he that will come will come and will not tarry. Now, the just has got to live by faith. Amen. But if any man draw back, my soul what? Have no pleasure in him. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the evidence of things not seen. So we, we don't fear. We have to be courageous. We're, you know, we're in a spiritual battle. We are soldiers of the Lord. We are fighting the good fight of faith we're in this thing so we have to prepare we have to build up ourselves on our most holy faith we've got to read the word of god we've got to have our own personal prayer life amen we've got to get to that point to where we're trusting god at every juncture in our lives so that we will grow in our faith this is faith comes by hearing and what hearing by the word of god it also comes by doing things that you're afraid of Amen. God is with you. Put God to the test. You know, God, you say you're going to be with me. I'm waiting on you. Don't take matters into your own hand. Learn to wait on God. When it looks the darkest, that's when you should be able to see God in it all. Amen. Because he's light. Amen. Tabernacle didn't have any lights in it, did it? As soon as God descended, he's there. Now he's in you. So you should be able to see clearly. What's going on? Amen. And don't lose hope. Amen. So Saul took matters into his own hand. This eventually led to the descent of his leadership as a godly king. You know, he took matters into his own hand and he lost his kingdom. Elijah. Amen. Elijah was a mighty prophet of the Lord. One day his life became threatened by a woman named Jezebel. As a result, fear caused his perspective to change from boldly proclaiming existence of the one true God while to find the prophet of Baal to running and hiding under the juniper tree and asking for his life to be taken. Notice, he's just had a mighty, in 1 Kings 18, I think it was, the 19, he just had a mighty, mighty move of God. You know, he called fire down from heaven. You know, he, he made fun at the 450 false prophets, you know, and stuff. And now all of a sudden, Jezebel says, you know, he kills those false prophets. 
And then she said, well, let him kill me. And he feared. And he ran for his life. If you would have thought, he would have just said, where's she at? <laughs> let me take her out. You know? But he ran and he hid under a juniper tree and he says, God, I'm no better than anybody else. Just take my life now. You know? No. Amen. If you see God do something miraculous before you, he'll do it again. You may not know how, you may not do a win, but he'll do it again. Amen. So this is what happened here with uh, Elijah. Amen. He had so many great miracles, amen, that he did that, you know, kind of like Moses and Aaron. You know, think about the, the miracles that God has done in your life, where you were in your life, and how God has brought you out. If he did it then, you know where you were, so you think about what God did for you, you know, he'll do it again. He's not going to leave you. So you don't have to fear what man can do to you. You don't have to fear those situations that comes against you. Take them, look at them. You know, why am I, why am I going through this? You know, what is happening right now? What do I need to learn out of this situation that I'm able to apply in a different situation or I can use to help someone else in their situation? Say, this is what this is what a lot of times we go through things. This is why Paul says in Romans five, he says, Tribulations work patience, patience, godliness, godliness. No, 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 no. Romans five. Tribulation work patience, patience, experience. And experience hope. And hope make us not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our life by the Holy Ghost that is given to us. Say so we're learning in these trials, we're learning in the tests, we're learning in the things that we go through so that we will have the experience to be able to know what to do the next time or to be able to help someone else when they are going through their situation to lead them to a point where we can cause them to trust God as well. Amen. Look at Jonah now. Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. But he never got it, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jonah was a prophet who delivered God's word to the children of Israel. One day, God instructed him to go to a foreign place called Nineveh. His task was to deliver a warning message to the entire city. The people was famous for the evil and wicked things they practiced there. However, fear caused Jonah's perspective to change. From the saving impact of God's word to rejecting and rebelling against God's command himself. Amen. So we know that Jonah got on a ship and he headed to Tarsus uh, to keep from doing what God was causing him to do. You know, I wonder sometimes is your fears and things we may go through sometimes is because we're not doing what God has asked us to do. <laughs> Amen. Jonah ran. You know, God says, go preach to Nineveh. And then, you know, he's got to spend three days in the whale's belly in the bottom of the ocean. You know, then God spits him out and he goes three days, one day in a three-day journey. You know, and then he gets there and then he preached, then he gets angry because God don't kill him. You know, and God says, well, you should have did what I told you to do the first time. I'm just paraphrasing you, you know. But, but what is God trying to show us is, is some of the things we go through in life because we have ran 
the opposite direction from what God has called us to do or asked us to do. See, we have to look at it. You know, I, I believe as, as I was, I think, I, I don't know if I was sharing it last Sunday or, or whatever with the leaders, but last, was it Saturday before last, my wife and I went to the holiday fair downtown. And I was amazed and it was like the Lord spoke to me and says, just look at all this. All this talent and all this ability. Everybody in there, the stuff they make, has to make it from scratch. Yeah, you could buy this stuff, but you have to, you had to have that, that basic stuff had to be made by you. And God said to me, he says, that's the way the church is. He says, everyone that comes in the church has a talent. He says, and if they would use that talent, my church would never be without anything. You know, you know. If, for example, if you're a good cook, don't mean you got to cook for people in the church. You could cook it for your neighbor and take a meal to your neighbor, you know, or somebody on the homeless. You, you've got a meal in your back of your car and you see a homeless person out there. You just pull off to the side and says, hey, here's your meal. You know, who knows what God will do in all these things and these talents and abilities that we each have, see? So is, is some of the things we're going through in life because we're not using our talents and our abilities, see? Jonah was a preacher. He was to go and preach to Nineveh, but he ran the other direction. So let's use our talents and abilities. And, and I think, really, if we use our talents and abilities... We have less fear. I really do. I, I, I think we will have less fear if we use our talents and abilities for the kingdom of God. Because it increases your faith. It encourages you. Amen. When you do this. In order to conquer fear, we must have confidence in God. God is not afraid of anyone or anything. Our confidence in God is confirmed by His Spirit operating in us. His Spirit contains perfect love, which removes fear. Galatians 5.22 says, Now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Right? So, and so we have the Spirit inside of us. We've got the Holy Ghost, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Jesus says in Luke 10, he says, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you or harm you. See? So if I've got the power, then I can't fear. Amen. I have to use it. For the right reasons and the right purpose. And First John 4.18, as we saw earlier, that God says, Perfect love casted out fear. Fear torments. Fear causes you to have a lot of anxiety, depression, and all that. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to be, you know, depressed. He wants you to be have a lot of anxiety. But we got to get to that point to where we trust in the Lord with all our heart and don't lean to our own understanding. As David said, God is my light. 
and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fall. Though a host encamp against me, and this my heart would not fear. Though war rise against me, and this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the times of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he will hide me. He shall set me on a rock. My head will be high about my enemies round about me, and therefore will I offer in his tabernacle the sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises to the Lord. Amen. So we got a calm assurance. We got exceeding, the Bible said, precious promises that God will not leave us and he will not forsake us. So we don't have to fear, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. God bless you. Amen.